come in we've got a uh, voicemail from jonathan leonard about uh last week's live episode for they'll need a crane jonathan hey greg this is jonathan calling in um i was just listening to your they'll need a crane episode and uh the whole sort of thing with the lyrics about gal and lad and and i almost saw those as being like synonyms for what he wants to actually talk about and inevitably everything kind of reminds me of the Simpsons but it kind of pulled me into thinking about uh, that episode uh, Secrets of a Successful Marriage where Homer is sharing intimate details about him and Marge's love life but using uh, Mr. X and Mrs. Y and it almost seems like the same kind of thing besides saying you know Mr. and Mrs. Linnell or Flansburg or whoever was divorced but anyways Love the podcast. Bye. Any of you could call in and uh, get your voice on a podcast. Whoa, nobody has podcasts. It's uh, so unique and special. But seriously, though, call in. Tell me what we got right, what we got wrong. Um, thoughts, other opinions, interpretations of songs, whatever you got. Call 224-801-2930 and leave a message. Uh, you can also actually text to that number, which is cool. Uh, or write in, this might be a pod at Gmail. And on with the episode. start this episode off just like any self-respecting punk man in the 80s or 90s would start a song or an album. Ready? Oh yeah, that's some good Foley work. Don't tell them it's just a Coca-Cola classic. <laughs> ah, I'm looking for that sponsorship. Yeah, I'm on the Iron Brew, which I don't know if you guys get in America. That does not look familiar at all, but again, I don't drink and never have I know it's 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 a soft drink, a soda. It's um, oh, it's a Scot- what's it called? It's called Iron Brew. Huh? The brew yeah. in it makes it sound like it's beer. So uh, I, I know it's weird, but it's a fun fact. Uh, Scotland is, I believe, the only country in the world where Coca Cola is not the best selling drink. For real? What is yeah. booze? Iron Brew. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Iron Brew. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So they, they, they shop local. Whiskey, whiskey, whiskey is a close number two, but yeah. 
So, uh, let me do the proper intro. It's kind of the thing now is that I leave a bunch of shit on the front end of the episodes before I even <laughs> say what we're talking about or who I'm talking to. Welcome to This Might Be A Podcast, the song-by-song podcast about the greatest band of all time. They must have been giants. And uh, I'm here with um, not really first-time guest, but first-time regular weekly episode guest, Gur Samuel, uh, to talk about the song, Owee. Hey, dude, what's up? Um, going good. I just realized I've mm, done something very stupid. I should probably have headphones in because my recording has just been picking yes. up all over my laptop. Yes, please. Spare me two seconds. Amateur. Holy shit. <laughs> I can talk shit about him now that he's left the room. Oh, wait, he's coming back. Everybody quiet. He's coming back. <laughs> Would you believe I actually... <laughs> I actually used to have a podcast. I should know this. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah, about headphones, yeah. Yeah, it's been a while. What can I say? Uh, right. So, yeah, what was the... What, so you used to have a podcast. What was that? Um, it was related to when I was um, at a website called Real Sport. I was uh, editor-in-chief there, and we had a a weekly NFL podcast and a weekly wrestling podcast. Um weekly other sports but those were two i did so yeah yeah i think people should know uh one one of the most interesting things i found out about you right off the bat when i guess it was facebook we first interacted on Mm -hmm. you're not as active on twitter was that i'm like wait this guy lives in england but he likes that kind of football what are we talking wait american football and not the emo band the sport so I, I think you need to explain yourself because that's like a really weird backwards thing to do. Um, really, we got Americans getting more and more into European football, what we call soccer, but you don't typically see it going the other way. I mean, I don't pay attention to American football, but you do, mm-hmm. and you're in the wrong country to be doing that. Well, you know, um, now that we have left the European Union, we are looking to America to create a new yeah. uh, trade deal. So as part of that, we've got a cultural exchange with our sports as well. And then uh, there, are, there is University of American football in the UK, and there's a sort where you don't have to touch the football, you can just hit people. It's like amazing. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. so that's how yeah. I went to American football, and from there into sort of all sports. So, yeah. Yeah, Americans like violence, if you hadn't noticed. Um, whether it's like going into other people's countries for reasons that they didn't ask for and just like killing people, uh, or like, you know, on the gridiron and we are recording this like right after the super bowel, uh, that happened three days ago, two days ago. So what'd you think about that? I didn't watch a single nanobot second of it. (laughs) Oh, it it was a great game. It was, uh, actually it was, it was, um, 
had pretty much everything he wanted. A really exciting and interesting offense in the first half. Third quarter was some fantastic defensive play. And, you know, you get that come behind, from behind victory in the fourth quarter, you know. It was actually worth staying up until quarter to four in the morning for. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Forget about that little tidbit if you want to see it when it happens. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because currently it's almost eight o'clock p.m. for me. What time is it for you over there? It is eight minutes to one in the morning. One in the morning. You're such a trooper. Look at this. Do you really stay up this late all the time because of football? <laughs> Not all the time, but yeah, I mean, the Super Bowl definitely helped. We're definitely going to be on sort of Eastern time for the rest of the week. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. Um, and uh, what's, your, uh, what's your day job that you can be staying up till? Uh, what do you do? Because I know you've worked for all these sports-related things, but uh, what exactly are you doing right now that staying up till one or two in the morning is acceptable? Well, it is pretty much that as freelance sports journalist. So uh, I was yeah. um, for about three, four years editor in chief of quite a large sports website called Real Sport. It still exists, but uh, we sold it two years ago, ah. and I sort of handed my notice then because, uh, yeah, I just sort of had enough of doing eighty-hour minimum weeks. Um, Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah, we had like 300 writers Yikes. at any given time working for the site with a lot of churn over there, um, covered 25 different sports and had writers in pretty much every time zone. So essentially, if I was awake, I was expected to be communicating with writers across the world. And yeah, doing that for a couple of years, uh, it's going to make you pretty tired and exhausted all the time. So uh, yeah. uh, when we sold, I had in my notice and I just sort of freelance picking up bits here and there. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I've never been in like business business, but from what I've heard, I listened to this episode or this podcast called Tech Stuff, which mm-hmm. I don't consider myself a techie guy, but uh, I don't Have you listened to Tech Stuff? It's like, an, I think it's an iHeartRadio podcast. I can't say I've uh, listened to that one. Yeah, it's total like dork fest, but it's cool to hear like about, you know, the creation of iTunes and whatever, and, you know, the creation of the iPod over several episodes and then the death of the iPod and all that. And Mm. just various tech things, like, they'll even do, like, mechanical stuff, like how the submarine was invented, shit like that. But, like, he, he was doing one about Volkswagen, which has an extremely crazy history, starting with Nazis. Yeah. And, uh... And but then just like as companies just get like swallowed up by other companies or the presidents change out, they get bought, they get sold. Like it sounds like you probably made the right move because, you know, who knows? You may have liked your very intense job, uh, you know, somewhat. But then who knows what would have happened when, you know, the new people came in and like, hey, guess what? Uh, 90 hours a week now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, it was more in my case. um like I said, we covered 25 different sports, but that included esports. And uh, mm. we got bought by an esports company, so I sort of had a, a bit of a hint that I can ima- that I could imagine shortly after acquisition they'd shut down all the re- all the actual sports and only keep the esports, which is indeed what happened. So that's why I thought I'd so, rather leave before like, that happens. Uh, so esports, like, are we talking about like fantasy football? Are we talking about like online poker? What are we talking about here? We're talking. Um, um, there's probably a little bit of online poker, but it's a mixture of uh, things like FIFA and Madden and NBA 2K, but, oh, also, okay. but also League of Legends and uh, Counter-Strike and yeah, people who competitively game. Um, I see. Okay. Yeah. So games that aren't even sports games, but are just 
video games. That could really like spiral out of control quickly. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, where do you draw the line of what you're covering? Yeah. Exactly that. So that's Crazy. why uh between that and the fact that I like actual sports and not just watching other people play video games, which you know, I'm not Jesus knocking the, yeah. I'm not knocking those people who are into it. It's just not really what I wanna have my entire reputation throughout the journalist world known as. So that's why I sort of left when uh yeah. we got acquired. So yeah. Yeah. It's a weird thing. It just makes me feel old. I'm mm. like, wait, I grew up loving video games. But when my friend was playing a one-player game, I was like, fucking die already so I can play. I was <laughs> yeah. like, go, man, go. I mean, maybe a little bit, but secretly I was like, die. I want to play. I didn't necessarily mind watching, you know, like my older cousins or whatever play one-player games because it's like you're sort of following on the story. But when it's literally just like two teams just like kill each other, now go again. There's like no story to follow along with. It's literally just right. watching other people. Yeah. Like I say, I know there's a market sure. for it. Because I'm on the train and I'll see, like you know, some Generation Z kid. Which I know, even as millennial, it feels weird having sort of a young age group to now look down on. But you know, they get on the tr- on the yeah. train and they're, and they're watching like um, you know some massive uh, video game competition going on in some place in America or Korea or somewhere. And I'm like, well, you know, I guess these what the kids are into. But it certainly wasn't sport in my day. Yeah, this is the real sport. Um... I'm a really good bowler. Like I even had like a, a small bowling scholarship and you got oh, people wow. that are like, well, that's not a sport. Like there's a fucking ball that you are hurling at things. Yeah. How is that not a sport? Yeah. It's, it's like I a, threaten to kill them. Huh. <laughs> well, I suppose you can do a bit of damage with those, <laughs> with, with a 10 pound ball, right? Um, I suppose 16 pound ball, baby. 16 pound ball. There you go. I, I, I can't remember what weight I used to bowl with, but it was the blue one. Six, yeah. 16 is, is the maximum allowed in league play. So that's what yeah, I used because I'm such a burly man. No, evidently. it's all about like momentum. It's, it has nothing to do with how strong you are. Yeah, that's, uh, that's weird. I, I can see with the, uh, with the gaming uh, Twitch and whatever the fuck, um, I could see the appeal of like, I have some friends who are like speed run classic games. Mm-hmm. You know, because it kind of takes me back to my friend in elementary school who was so good at the original Mario. And this is, you know, like actual NES Mario, late 80s. And we would go home, like in elementary school, we lived close enough. We could go home on our lunch, which was like 45 minutes or something. And he, we could eat and he would beat the whole game in like six minutes. And then we'd <laughs> go back to school. Wow. And it was like, it was so impressive because I was pretty decent at it too. But he was basically doing a speed run. You know, he'd take every warp he could, every weird <laughs> trick. And like, it was pretty impressive. And that's what people are doing now and like making a living off of it. It's really weird. Yeah. But yeah, then again, but- I'm fucking podcasting and I'm starting to make some money, which is really weird. It's, it's, it's a brand new future. It's, it's a brand new decade, 2020. What can't we do? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, right. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's a bright new future when uh, currently we've still got Trump in the White House and uh, I'm kind of worried about next November and you guys got all your shit going on too. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be optimistic because what other option do we have? Um, yeah. Hey, at, at, at least, at least you know, you've, the caucuses are sort of happening. I don't know if you can get your apps to work in Iowa or whatever it is that's going on. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, 
Yeah, I actually have quite an affinity for Davenport, Iowa, because that is part of the what they call the Quad Cities um, across the river from where I went to school in Illinois. So there's Rock Island, famous, made famous in like, uh, well, the Johnny Cash song for one, the Rock Island Line, which is right next to Moline. Uh, which is where John Deere tractors came from. And then across the river is Bettendorf. Bettendorf, which isn't famous for anything as far as I know, but that's where the rich people lived. So we didn't go there a whole lot. And then Davenport, which is where the whole shit storm kicks off uh, with all this <laughs> primary <laughs> shit. So, yeah, right. yeah, the Quad Cities. Like, I spent quite a bit of time in uh, Davenport. Uh, and actually, yeah, the first date that me and my wife went on uh, actually took us over to Davenport. <laughs> Oh, there you go. Right, since, yeah. since since we're talking about American geography, can I just go on a complete tangent here? But I'm go, I'm going to sort of tie it into. Sure. I know you do that best uh, best Midwestern podcast as well, right? Best, yeah, best Midwestern, yeah. The Midwest. When I uh-huh. look at a map in America, if you like to divide it on half, in half, it's definitely on the east side of that middle line. So why is it called the Midwest? It like the Midwest is on the east of that halfway point. Uh. Okay, well, if you're looking, so for us, the, the the Mississippi River is the dividing line between the east and the west, even though it's like a third of the country is to the east and two thirds are to the west. Exactly. Okay, so right. it's all about the Mississippi, right? So okay. there there is debate. Like when we started this podcast five years ago, I think it's five, holy shit, five years ago, and we put out like two or three episodes a year, uh, especially now that I'm doing this. Um <laughs> There is some debate over a couple of states like Kentucky, whether that is Midwest. Um, But again, you're looking at rivers. You're looking at the Ohio River, which goes under the south of Illinois, Indiana, and Ohio. So anything south of that is not Midwest. It's the south um, Mm -hmm. or the Bible Belt or whatever the hell you want to call those hillbillies. Then... (laughs) we always Every state has to look down on another state. It's just a whole thing. And um, and then, so you've got 11 states, and let's see. So on the east of the Mississippi, you've got my place of birth, Illinois. Then you've got Wisconsin. Spend a lot of time there. Got in-laws there. Uh, Det- you've got, then you've got Michigan. I've spent a lot of time in Detroit playing shows, going to the Motown Hitsville recording studio several times. Then you got Indiana, where I am now, and Ohio where my co-host is now residing in Cleveland. Uh, so that so you got one, two, three, four, five on that side. And then on the other side of the Mississippi, you've got up north, you got uh, Minnesota, then you got North Dakota, South Dakota, all these more rectangular-shaped <laughs> states uh, when they stopped caring as much about rivers. Yeah. And then uh, Nebraska, Kansas, uh, Missouri, and then right in the middle there is Iowa. So you got um, five on one. Well, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and then seven on the other side. What did I just wait? Tw- yeah. So then there's debate if there's eleven or if there's twelve states. What did I just mess up there? What did I? Do I not even know where the Midwest is? Anyway, does that make more sense? So, like, it's not strictly the middle of the country. It's like using the Mississippi, the the Mississippi River, the mighty Mississippi as so the center, even it, though it's either it's side really of the Mississippi is the Midwest. No, it's it's the states directly surrounding the Mississippi yeah. River, but not 
the southern ones, <laughs> not not Mississippi or Louisiana or or Arkansas. Okay. Those are the south. I don't know. It's sure. yeah. If you look at a map, you got the so it's the the northern more states that are clustered around the Mississippi. Okay, I don't that, know. That that, that that makes more of an explanation than anything else I've heard. So okay, cool. Okay, um, thank you, right. thank you for yeah. satisfying my curiosity on that. <laughs> yeah, I remember when. I mean, podcasting was such a weird kind of untapped frontier when I started, uh, not Best Midwestern, but prior to that, I had a previous Midwest podcast just with a different co-host, so we rebranded to become Best Midwestern. The original one was with my friend Greg Moore. We were called Two Gregs, One Podcast, which is a dated reference that only people like us (laughs) or older would understand. Um, And that was a Midwestern podcast. And I remember when we started that, let me see, what year was that? Because I keep telling people what year I started podcasting, and I need to verify it, actually. So let's go over to Punk News here. Okay, Two Greg's One Podcast. Uh, and we only lasted 22 episodes because I was a fresh, fresh podcaster, and it took a lot longer to edit. Like, these days, I'm like, hi-ya, choppy, 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 and I get out, you know, I can see a sneeze coming from, like, a mile away, and it's like, cut it out before it even gets there, you know, like, without even stopping play, like, it's just playing, and I'm like, snip, and like, oh, there's a breath, there's a lip smack, like, I can edit so fast now. So, Two Gregs, One Podcast started, so I started writing reviews for them in uh, 2002, but it obviously was much later for podcasting. Two Gregs, one. Come on. Come on, come on, come on. Here we go. Oh, 2012. I was right. March 2nd, 2012, we put out our first episode. So I've been podcasting for, actually, by the time this comes out, eight years, exactly, pretty much. And that's a pretty long time. And in 2012, podcasting was a lot different than it is now. Mm. When we started that... So the weekly punk news podcast had been already going for a couple of years, and it's still going and still puts out an episode every week. They're up to like, must be getting close to 500 episodes. Um, when we started this, our managing editor, who was also kind of running the tech end of the podcast, RSS feed and all that, he's like, I don't know, Midwestern, isn't that like too, too specific, too niche? And we're like, dude, it's 11 states. It's like millions of people. I mean, Chicago alone, Chicago, Cleveland, Detroit, St. Louis, Minneapolis. He's like, yeah, okay, go for it. So we started the thing and, you know, it was very slow picking up and not everyone listened to podcasts or even knew what the fuck a podcast was. I mean, eight years is really a long time ago. Mm. And so we made about 22 episodes in two years. I moved up here, which made it harder. Um, But then me and my friend Scott, who went to college together, uh, on the mighty Mississippi, he moved to Cleveland because he worked for Alternative Press Magazine out there. Um, doesn't anymore, but that's why he moved there. He became my co-host, and we rebranded as Best Midwestern. And our first episode, let me double check that too while I'm at it. Best Midwestern. I actually stayed at a Best Western hotel, and I could not say Best Western. I was like <laughs> Best Midwest. No, that's <laughs> episode one was uh. 2015 february 13th 2015 so we're about to celebrate our fifth birthday yeah Muscles. the time of recording this yeah yeah thanks <laughs> so he was like that's too niche and by the time best midwestern rebranded he's like okay that's not too niche that's like just right 
And now the way podcasting is, 11 states is way too broad, right? <laughs> it's like, I mean, it's like I was saying with like your, your old job, like where they start spiraling out of control with like, okay, where do we draw the line of what we cover? Oh, let's cover fucking everything that any person says is a sport. And then all of a sudden your coverage is too broad and people don't, you know, they come there looking for one thing and they can't find it because there's so much other stuff there. Where So these song-by-song song podcasts became a thing. First, I was listening to a Blink-182 one. That was the first one I'd ever heard of. And while I haven't really liked them since high school, or I guess college, um, I was like, song-by-song song podcast? How's that going to work? Ended up, you know, and I ended up listening to it for a while. I don't anymore. But then there was a, um, uh, what was the next one? An Alkaline Trio podcast. Uh, then... Then I think, oh yeah, I heard of the Weird Alphabet, the Weird Al Song by Song mm-hmm. podcast, which I've appeared on, the spam episode. Then uh, I started mine, and now there's a whole bunch more popping up. There's a Jimmy Eat Worlds called Jimmy Eat Pod. There's a Reliant K Song by Song podcast run by uh, Daniel O'Leary, who's a big They Might Be Giants fan. He actually runs the um, he runs the TMBG Memes Instagram, okay. and uh, yeah, TM, TM Meme BG. I think it's different on Instagram. You know what I'm talking about. Mm. Daniel, he, he, the Sadie Hawkins pod is the Reliant K podcast he hosts with his wife, uh, which is a song-by-song podcast as well. So they're just everywhere. And apparently, I was right. The world needed a song-by-song podcast about They Might Be Giants because Absolutely. this thing's really rolling along. And now I've got fucking t-shirts and I'm sending one to you because you've been a very loyal supporter of the pod. And now you're finally on an episode. So... I should stop talking because you're the guest. <laughs> Let's. Uh, what what should we talk about next? Your fandom. Uh, yeah, sure. Because um, you were on the Mink Car episodes, but we just kind of like got right down to business because that was Patreon stuff, right? Yeah, and it was what two hours forty five minutes without any delving into that. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just too many songs. I cut it into part one and part two. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So, we're talking about a 48-second song. So, I think there's a little time to stretch out and uh, tell us your story of uh, how you got into They Might Be Giants. First thing is uh, maybe almost a bit of an admission is that I never really got properly into They Might Be Giants until probably about 2015 or so. So, I'm actually a relatively recent new super fan. Um, But it's like once I got into them, I got into them. Um, I think in this country, I first heard of them the way that most people did, which was actually not like from the sounds of most, you guess, uh, of uh, Tiny Toons, but actually through Malcolm in the Middle. Right. Um, Tiny Toons, I, th- I think it was on here, but I certainly don't, don't recall ever watching more than a very occasional episode. But Malcolm in the Middle, absolutely. Uh, everyone who like, we seem to watch that, and that's how, uh, you know, first got into it. Um, and... It's weird. I, I had a very, I think, skewed idea of what they might be giants were early on. Um, particularly on music television here, they showed the video as well, which had lots of trumpets. And then yeah. when I started watching the Daily Show, I said in the credits that, uh, you know, theme song by they might be giants. I thought yeah. TMBG were a ska band because when all you know is Bossomy ah. and the Daily Show theme tune, it's a pretty much a logical conclusion, right? <laughs> and then you got like Dr. Worm coming out or like right before that. It's like all oh, these trumpets. Yeah. And it's, it's um, uh, even perhaps more embarrassing. Were you a ska fan? Uh, I, I wasn't not a ska fan. It's not something I see like went in, out of my way. But, you know, I, you know, if like Lesson Jake came on TV or whatever, I'd stick around, watch their videos. Um, 
And Hell it's yeah, uh, yeah a, a bit embarrassing. It was for a while. It's like I couldn't remember my head if uh, the Daily Show theme tune was "There Might Be Giants" or "Real Big Fish," and I just couldn't remember which one it was. Uh, which tells you a lot, I'm do, sure. Do you do you know who actually wrote the song though? Because uh, they didn't write it. It was some other guy, and there was a much like slower. Oh, a Midwesterner! Come on, man, a Midwesterner. Uh, Bob Mold, dog, stop. Bob Mold of the band Husker Du, and then Sugar, and then now uh, still puts out solo stuff, but a really good solo record last year called Sunshine Rock. He he had so his version was on the Craig Kilborn era of the Daily mm-hmm. Show. So if you check that out, it's like a much more kind of guitar fueled version. And then John Stewart, who fingers crossed will be a guest on this show someday, uh, mm. is a They Might Be Giants fan. You know, here's hoping. Uh, I'm not yeah. shooting that high yet, but maybe. <laughs> you know, and uh, so he had They Might Be Giants, you know, record their version. And so the guitar lines turned into trumpet lines, you know. Yeah. So it's a super combo because I love Husker Du. They've been talked about on my mm. Midwest podcasts endlessly. Sugar as well. I just completed my Sugar discography. I was missing one of the CDs. And uh, so to have a Bob Mold song basically covered by They Might Be Giants, it's like the perfect storm of like guy who basically invented like alternative rock and uh, fucking They Might Be Giants. <laughs> it's amazing. Go. It's such a good song. Yeah. I didn't realize it was, I, I heard the guitar version, I didn't realize it was um, by a song from Husker Du because uh, she floated away. Great song. Love that song. Um, yeah. There's, there, yeah. I was in a cover band briefly called SS3, which SST Records, and we were a trio, SS3. SST Records was the record label started by Greg Ginn of Black Flag, and like Sonic Youth was on there, The Descendants, um, Black Flag, obviously. Uh, the Meat Puppets, Minutemen, Dinosaur Jr., like fucking amazing yeah. record label. And uh, then also Husker Du. And I was in a cover band where the theme was not just one band, but only stuff that band, we covered only bands that were on that label. And it, it's just fucking so much good music. Husker Du rules. And someone needs to remaster their discography. And I am for hire for mastering <laughs> services so get at go. me bob bolts i know you're listening <laughs> yeah so that was my introduction to tmbg uh and then another sort of side introduction um just after that i guess was um do you read the books terry pratchett Discord books uh no i do not i'm i'm familiar of them yes but i do not yeah so um uh, i used to be obsessed with that series and they'd like produce like a little quiz book of like trivia from the series because i was that kind of sad geeky kid growing up no that's um, awesome i did that with simpsons simpsons well, stuff yeah yeah so uh, and one of the questions was like um so there's a one of the books is called soul music uh Ooh. and it, it's basically yeah the the whole series is sort of like a weird sort of develop uh, like reflects developments of stuff in the real world so this was a development of recorded music and goes through sort of rock and roll and main character sort of prestigious or like buddy holly's trajectory but they like have a music festival and like the question in the trivia book was like which uh alternative rock band was parodied in soul music as we're certainly dwarfs to which the answer was also they might be giants yeah oh wow so um wow turns out terry pratchett was a huge uh tmbg fan and uh there is Dang. If, if you're into a particular sort of corner of geekdom one one of the greatest sort of collisions of stuff is there is a clip on YouTube of Terry Pratchett and Neil Gaiman 
on stage together singing mm. singing shoehorn with teeth oh wow yeah so uh find that for me and i'll drop a clip in right here yeah it's not this episode but i don't care and i Made me think, okay, so I know them from back in the middle and I know that Terry Pratchett loved them, so that must be something. And I sort of sort of that away in my head as a band to explore at some point later on. Uh-huh. Fast forward probably about seven or eight years, uh, and I was on Twitter, and I can't, I wouldn't be able to tell you who, but someone on my timeline was just talking about music, and um, they basically posted a link to uh, YouTube, the video for Anna Ang, and uh-huh. I just never really thought I had heard a song like that with this weird angular sort of verse turning into this amazing chorus. And I just was fascinated with it yeah. from the beginning. And uh, basically that's where it all started. That was the song which really got me to their mighty giants. And um, so you're like, they're it, not a ska band. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. No, it was, it was my, my, my sort of everything I knew about them was so framed by the video, the music video for boss and me. I assume Flans was yeah. the lead singer on every song. Uh, and, uh, yeah. <laughs> so it's simply sure. to sort of learn that no 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 they both sing uh. um, or the fact that there was only two of them when it looked like they were you know always a full band so it's like I then right. you know because it was a YouTube link it threw all these other song suggestions on the side and I, I sort of got through everything uh, including eventually to those uh, Tiny Toons videos uh, and then I'm yep. like right I, you know and I just listened to a bunch of stuff from across all different areas as well because uh, you know, I this was literally whatever YouTube was throwing up next as a suggestion. Um, right, and then so I look at Wikipedia, so that floods their biggest album, or so I'm like, right, so that's the one I'll listen to, and then yeah, uh, listen to Flood. I uh, couldn't get Whistling in the Dark out of my head for like a week after, and it just yeah. sort of went from there. Went my way, uh, nice. not methodically, but just randomly across the discography based on just whatever I sort of got a gut feeling of, and here I am, yeah. So, so that's where you're talking like 2015 is when that really started jumping around the discography when that yeah, was happening. I think so. I think it was between Glean and Phone Power. So. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's, uh, I can't even imagine coming into this band at this point or even five years ago because there's so much fucking material. I mean, like anyone who listens to the podcast regularly knows that I came into the band between Apollo and John Henry. So Apollo has stuck as like my favorite album and mm. I don't think we'll ever be unseated though. Lincoln is a close second. Um, I only had four albums had been, I mean, four, that's still a lot of material with how many songs they have on each album. So there mm. were four albums already when I got into them, but then there was also like the miscellaneous T stuff which mm-hmm. I didn't hear until the They compilation came out. I never got Miscellaneous Tea as like its own entity. Um, but so that's still like a lot of material for most bands, but for They Might Be Giants, it's like a drop in the bucket at this <laughs> point. You know, I mean, at that point they had what, like 125 songs tops. I mean, come on yeah. guys. <laughs> now they have, you know, 700, 800. It's, it's being debated. 
It was well, actually being I, debated on a Facebook post recently. I, I saw that on Miss Kayla. <laughs> I think you probably doubled the length of your podcast when uh, they pointed out that there's a whole other category page on the wiki. Yeah, I'm I'm fucked, man. I'm so <laughs> fucked. <laughs> well, I was just thinking, when you said, you know, that uh, the Punk News podcast is like up to 500, I'm like, yeah, that's probably like a third of what you're going to end up with by the end. Yeah, I mean, what other bands can you think of, and I can't remember what episode this came up on, but can you think of any bands where they speed up the amount of releases as they get into their, you know, fourth decade? I mean, yeah, think about <laughs> like them, them coming, you know, <laughs> they're in their third decade and they're doing like the 2015, like you came in at a very fruitful time where they're putting out uh, Glean, Y, Foam Power, like all within like 18 months. Mm. And then 2018, then just a few years later, they're like, oh, let's do it again. Sure. A yeah. song every Wednesday, right? And then I Like Fun, Double Disc, My Murdered Remains. And then like, oh, hey, The Escape Team, too. Yeah. Sure. Another, there's another 10. Like, they're just like, oh, by the way, here's another album. Yeah, it's like absolutely. nothing that to write songs. It's unbelievable. I'm so jealous of it. Mm. And I can't imagine like, but I'm also kind of jealous. Like of someone who became a They Might Be Giants fan like today. Spotify, YouTube, mm-hmm. just like go on there, go on the They Might Be Giant Spotify and just hit shuffle and just having that experience. Yeah, oh my absolutely. God. Um, and I'll, be bonkers. I'll admit, I miss a lot of the sort of 2015 Dialer Song cycle because I was still discovering all the back catalog at that point. Um, sure. So really in terms of like new stuff, it was really uh, the, the 2018 the I Like Fun cycle when I was like listening to stuff as it came out for the first time. Um Right. It's like I say, it was so huge that I saw them live, must have been October 2018, I guess. Um, So it was uh, when they were promoting, so before they uh, released My Murder Remains, but after I Like Fun. And I had sort of stuck just to the main albums and they played Authenticity Trip. And I'm like, I've never heard this song. This song is amazing. And it was. It's like, I took a mate who like was. I introduced him to like one or two albums and he came along and he absolutely loved it. But that was the song which for him as well, he just took away. He's like, what is this song? And I'm like, I don't know. And that was the first time <laughs> I, I listened to um, album raises, etc, uh, etc. Et and it's, yeah. And <laughs> yeah. I didn't get I didn't yeah. actually hear album, that until Album raises new and troubling questions. That's yeah, no, that's yeah. a good segue. Perfect segue. Album yeah, raises yeah, it's, new it's and troubling all, questions. Like so... <laughs> Yeah, you, you're well. I mean, you're you're a journalist. You know uh, how to circle it on back and uh, drive that point home, baby. So well, this <laughs> song and this compilation came out before you were, as you said, a super fan. You were aware of them in 2011, and this was uh, collected from like join us outtakes and some other stuff. So you had to go backwards, like you said, to to hear authenticity trip, uh, mm-hmm. and then. So then why did you pick OE for an episode instead of Authenticity Trip? Um, The answer is, uh, it was actually because of you. And you might not remember this. Um, This was very... I have a horrible memory, so I probably don't. Uh, This is when very, very... um, When you were first promoting, uh, you know, this might be a podcast in Miss T. And I don't think you ever promoted it in TMBS, but... um, you might have done because this definitely feels like something I would have said in TMS where I'm a little bit more snarky. And yeah. I basically made a comment like, oh, I can't wait for the OE episode. And then you draw me a message saying, 
you want, yeah. you want to know we episode? And I'm like, sure. But this was when I was. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but at the time, I was I was posting on the Sorg Samuel because Girl Samuel was blocked from Facebook for posting stuff. On yes. So. <laughs> Yeah, I remember this. And you had like a weird, like red frowny face uh, picture. Yeah, because I was pissed off from Mark Zuckerberg for kicking me off Facebook. So angry face. Yeah, that's weird. Did you know that Dan Hickey got, uh, he (laughs) was put in Facebook jail? (laughs) For what? (laughs) I had asked him, he posts very political things. Right. uh, But they're they're on the left, so I'm fully supporting Mm. them. Um, but I had asked him, the episode with him came out, the Rest of While episode, and I was like, hey, did you uh, post about it yet? He's like, oh, I'm going to, but I got put in Facebook jail for one <laughs> of my posts. Ah, I'm like, nice. Dan Hickey, you, you scallywag, you scamp. <laughs> so, but then he posted about it. So, yes, I was just what? like, why hasn't he posted about it, Dan? Come on, man. Can I just did say, you like that episode? Yeah, I did. Can I just say about that episode, listening to yeah. you you know sort of remembering just how great an ep that is i'm sorry it's definitely the third best release that the mobile giants have put out yeah <laughs> was that where you had ranked it when we did the mint car stuff uh, about that? i don't think it was that it was i put it on like a random just a random thing on facebook i just randomly put out here's my top 10 tmbg releases and you were very right. angry that apollo 18 didn't make my top 10 i'm still i'm furious in fact yeah. i'm hanging up on you right now uh <laughs> It is a great EP, and I just finally ordered a hard copy of it for myself. Nice. After that episode, I'm like, holy shit. I'm like, based on this song alone, I mean, Working Undercover for the Band is is a great song. Mm-hmm. But like back in the day, I was like, I already own that song. I'm not, you know, CDs were more expensive. They were harder to get, especially sure. if it was like a weird EP, you know, when uh, that originally came out. Just never got it, you know? I heard the songs here and there. Um but I went on Discogs, and I'm like, I'm fucking buying that. And guess what else I just finally bought a hard copy of? What's that? Album raises new and troubling questions. There you go. <laughs> I'd only been streaming it. I'm like, I need a CD copy. Apparently, because also Idlewild is misspelled on the spine. <laughs> oh, nice. I mean, that might, right? They misspelled their own record label, <laughs> which is hilarious. Sure, that... I guess that will happen when you take that DIY punk aesthetic that far, you sort of lose out on quality control. Right, yeah, right. Yeah, it says instead of ID, IDLE, it's IDEL, IDEL, mm. IDEL Wild. Easily done. <laughs> English is a dumb language anyway, so I mean, it could go either way. Yeah. Uh, um, I love this, just looking at. You know, because the song is so short, I was like, what are we going to talk about? Uh, but obviously, we're 45 minutes in. There's been no problem. Yeah. Um, so trivia about the album, or, you know, the collection, I guess mm-hmm. you call it. At a concert in 2016, Flansburg described the album as, quote, beloved by the front row, ignored by everyone else, including the band. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just picturing, like, John Eulis up there, and, like, Mike Buffington, they're, like, up against the stage, just like... Oh we, oh we, oh we, and the band's like, no. <laughs> wow. Fair. Yeah. So the album, the album title, yeah, I hadn't heard this. The album title alludes to a story told by Malcolm Gladwell in 2005 in the Moths storytelling series, uh, later broadcast on This American Life episode called Tough Room. 
Gladwell recounted that when he... These guys pull references from everywhere. Gladwell recounted that when he worked as a reporter at the Washington Post, he and a fellow reporter held a contest to see who could most often insert the phrase, raises new and troubling questions, <laughs> into their Washington Post stories oh, oh, over the course of a month. And, uh, but then he later admitted that that wasn't really true. They didn't really do that. But Aww. that is a funny... Uh, story, nonetheless, yeah. Yeah, I'm disappointed. That was a, t- a tall tale. I know. Yeah. yeah, maybe, maybe I should take over and try to see how many times I can say something raises new and troubling questions in the podcast. <laughs> nice. Okay. Yeah. All right. right so, uh, OE. Yes. You want to talk about OE? Oh, I we, we probably should since we're here. Actually, before we do, so just, just, just to stretch yeah. out even longer. Um, I want to. I want to posit this theory to you. Uh, album raises mm-hmm. new and troubling questions. Was uh, sort of um, what's the word? It, it, it suffered from the fact of being released when it was. Because I reckon. Okay. If TMBG were doing the more sort of three album song cycles in the way they did 2015, 2018, it would have been considered a full album. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was thinking about this. Yeah. Yeah, you, no, keep going. You got more to that point? Because I think I agree with you. No, yeah, no, that's well, if you agree, then I've, I've, I can say I, I rest my case. But yeah. Um, yeah, I, 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 yeah. <laughs> the, the funniest thing about when we went up, when we went head to head on the Mink Car uh, debate episode, how I recruited my friend Steve, who uh, likes they might be giants a lot, but mostly because he's a lawyer. <laughs> that lawyer talk comes in handy. Um, so I agree with that point that if this is as much album as phone power or my murdered remains is, mm-hmm. if you look at the track list, especially on phone power, there's covers, there's, there's bills, 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 right? Mm-hmm. There's fucking, uh, Chumbawamba. <laughs> there's, you know, those, the AV club, uh, thing there's alternate versions you know there's black ops you know rock version or whatever the heck that is um well, the and... like this one. oh wait that's on this one okay hold on yeah. i'm getting them confused but, but, so, but, no, but bills right. bills but it's got those alternative versions um same with uh my murder remains with tesla 2468 yeah so to me something like having the uh right. probably get that lot remix it's, it would fit in with just with any of those so yeah yeah, um, or the electronic yeah. Istanbul. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, honestly, like they could have taken. Um, I mean, hell, go back further. Miscellaneous T could have been a proper album too. You know. Oh yeah. Because uh, they just produce so many songs, and their B sides are still really good. I mean, there's funny little songs like "Oh We," but I mean, for they might be Giants fans, like we consider. You know, please pass the milk, please, to be a song. Yeah. You know, so, you know, of <laughs> course, oh, we, a 48 second song. Of course, that's a full song. It's not a joke. It's an actual song. Yeah. You know, so they're B sides. They're, it, yeah, they're, this, this is basically an album. I mean, even if you peeled off the, the other thing, brass band stuff, mm-hmm. and just kept that as its own thing. Maybe cut off the Cloisonne live to get rid of the live thing. Just have tracks one to 15. So cut off the yeah. last four, cut off Cloisonne. You'd still have 15 solid tracks mm-hmm. of, you know, two things where there's one remix, one new version of their own song. 
well, I guess Istanbul is a cover too, but a cover of a cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but then the rest is all, the rest is all new stuff, you know? Yeah. I mean, at I that mean, point, was... I guess they were looking at it. Yeah. I guess they were looking at it in the mis- miscellaneous T lens where they're like, well, these hit the chopping room floor when we made join us, you yeah. know, which is kind of how Miss T was, you know, Pink Elm, Lincoln. These songs didn't quite make it. They're B-sides. We put them on a collection. We don't call it an album, right? Yeah. But then Phone Power comes along. That's a collection. Yeah, absolutely. We need to decide yeah. either either this, Phone Power, and My Murdered Remains are all not albums in our collections, or all three are albums. Okay. Gotta take a stand. Yeah, so where, where do you rank Cast Your Pod uh, to the Wind? Just to make it even more complicated. Oh my god. Oh my god. I think that's an album as well. That is so good. God, I, yeah, how did I not even bring that up yet? I love the else and everything from that era. That mm. is... Cast Your Pod to the Wind is so good. Like, it's maybe a little top-loaded. Like, the first five tracks are like competing with some of the best album cuts mm. in my opinion. I mean, I'm your boyfriend now. That is just like solid Linnell wheelhouse like just knock it out of the park Linnell wordsmithery and uh melody and just I mean even going through some of the goofier songs like the uh uh what's it called the floating eye one, uh the haunted eye. Mm. God, that's <laughs> so good. What what episode? I feel like I already sang this on an episode. Uh, the Haunted Eye, just like the Flans falsetto. I can't hang out with the Haunted Eye. Just like, it's so good. <laughs> like, this is an album. It's so good. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, the podcast of theirs is dead, essentially. You know, it died. Um, they no longer do it. And here they were just like, ah, the podcast is kind of like a lark. We wrote these songs like in five minutes and we put them on the podcast. They're not real songs, but they totally are. Everyone mm-hmm. loves Why Did You Grow a Beard? Everyone loves Brain Problem Situation. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. It's, yeah, I mean, it's so good. They, what was that, that guy who does that online show thingy person at home? And they even did brain problem situation. Wait, what? Yeah, <laughs> it was posted. Uh, there's this guy who does this like live weekly online show, and there might be Jonathan on it like two months ago. Oh, how are these people that, that I've never even heard of getting? They might be giants, and they will come <laughs> on my podcast. God damn it! Uh, I don't know. I mean, to be fair, it wasn't like a, a room of like a couple of thousand people. But damn it! That's oh, I'm, I'm well, sure, yeah. I'm about to have a live episode in exactly. Bloomington. And that, wait, that's a 250 cap room. <laughs> that's close enough. <laughs> oh yeah, just just you know, drop a desk or drop a uh, comma out of there. Yeah. it's basically the same number. Absolutely. Add a K to the 2500. end. 2,500-2510, otherwise known as 250. Yeah, there you go. Oh boy, cast your pod <laughs> to the wind is amazing. Do you like do you like cast your pod to the wind? I do, but uh, it's probably one of the ones I've not listened to as many as some of the others, but I. You know, certainly there's some songs in their brain problem situation, especially is one which has regularly made its way into my rotation. Yeah, yeah. I'm Your Boyfriend Now is just so... And I think it could totally be repurposed and should be put into the sets. It has never been played live. But um, I'm Your Boyfriend Now is total, like, could be total, like, Me Too movement, like, positive, 
like female empowerment song because it's sung mm. from the point of view of this like asshole stalker who like mm-hmm. is just like assuming that you know well i support you aren't i great and now i'm your boyfriend like mm-hmm. i think this song should come into the sets yeah. for christ's sake it's not even that not even that hard of a song to play i've thought about covering I'm, it i'm also going to posit that the the narrator of i'm your boyfriend now is the same narrator as uh, i'm all you can think of Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. We're getting so off yeah. track here. I'm very conscious about that, but <laughs> that, um, dude, we're talking about a 48 second song, and I was like, if we could make it 48 minutes for a 48 second song, well, guess what? We already have. So, what? Do you, let's talk about the arrangement first, because we're right. getting, we're. I threw out a competition to the social media about the lyrics. So let's let's leave the very complex lyrical narrative to the side for a moment. And let's talk about the musical arrangement on Oh We, which is, I believe, the title of this episode. What, 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 do, you, what do you like? What, what screams out to you on the musical end of Oh We? Uh, there's, there's a lot I like about it, musically. It's, it's simple, but it's... Um, anytime you sort of get counter melodies in anything, I like it. And uh, when you get the vocal line with the toy piano line when they uh, yeah. cross over. I just love that whole counter melody uh, thing. You know, it's not enough people do that. I think um, I like, and the, I love uh, guests that yeah. use terms like counter melody. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah I've, I've, I've yes, got, I've, bravo, I've got, bravo. I have an AS level in music. I love, you know, which is, oh. I'm trying to think what, I don't know what the equivalent is in terms of American education. It's like, um, I guess yes. like, it's kind of like associate's degree. It's no, it's it's um, the last two years of school before you go to university. You focus just on four subjects. Oh, uh, and okay. Huh. You normally drop the, the fourth subject for the final year. So music was the one where I did it for my second last year, but I dropped it for final year because I tried to carry on all four See. to the end, but I just uh, basically was a really bad student and realized by then I had not put enough time <laughs> in my music one, so I dropped that and kept the other. So. <laughs> So like a, for like a, a full year of your teens, you were you were pretty deep into like music theory and shit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I you know if, if I hadn't found music was my thing before sports. So, um, you know, I'm I'm someone who like you picks up lots of instruments, but I think unlike you, I'm not very good at a lot of them. <laughs> I can play a lot of them to a constant <laughs> level, if that. But that's about yeah, it. Yeah, sure. Um, I'm good at faking it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what, wait, what was your first instrument? Uh, piano. Piano, my parents started me on that when I was four and a half. So, um, I, Wow, I, makes sense. I used to be really good at piano until I went to university, and then when turns out if you're not like practicing every day and getting drunk instead, your piano skills tend to decline a little bit. <laughs> oh, where did you go to college? Uh, university in Nottingham. Ah, nice. Yeah, yeah uh, it's um, yeah, it's kind of like a... It's not like riding a bicycle, honestly. The, the like, basics, you don't forget, you know? You don't forget, like, oh, your hand position and, oh, your, you know, whatever. Mm. But, uh, like, the technical side, you do get rusty. I mean, you, you know, it's, it's more the, yeah. uh, if you're going to use an old adage, the, uh, uh, you don't use it, you lose it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's like a... Vertical where I don't, you know, you don't play while you finger the things they used to in terms of some accuracy, and then that makes you frustrated to play the things that you used to be able to play, and you stop right even longer and just get lost. Feedback and feedback. Um, 
Yeah. Uh, Hard to agree. So, yes. Yeah. 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 Let's talk about the uh, talk. Speaking of music nerd things. Okay. What are your thoughts on the toy piano? I won't even say right. what my thoughts are yet. You first. What do you think about the toy piano? Um, like just as, as an, an instrument. Yeah, as an instrument, I I it fine. You know, it's basically like a keyed glockenspiel, I guess. Yes. Um, it's got a nice sound to it. It's uh. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. How did you know that this was where I was going? Because I always give people shit about it, and I know colloquially it's called a toy piano, but it's a celeste or a celeste, depending okay. on uh, what language or what European country you're coming from. Do you do you know what a celeste is? I mean, you essentially described it. I keep looking through then, I guess. <laughs> Yeah. Yes, uh, a yeah. celeste. I yeah. mean, if you do a quick Google, you know, C E L E S T E, um, celeste. Let's see. Oh goddamn! There's some video game called that now. Um, so wasn't that sh- wasn't there that ship which had no people on it? Uh, the name of a ship. I mean, the Celesta or the Celeste, C E L E S T A or S T E. You'll see sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's considered an idiophone, not an idiot phone, an idiophone, <laughs> and it looks like a tiny piano. Now, it's not like mm. as tiny as, well, I was just rewatching Flight of the Concords, and they have one that pops up now and then, a little toy piano, you know, it's like a foot wide. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a legit celeste looks like an upright piano that is more like the length of, like your standard keyboard, like yeah, electronic just, keyboard. Yeah, just found it on Wiki. And yes, um, yeah. Just, I've just looked, glanced at this Wikipedia page, and I can see right there, and it's one hundred percent. It's the dance of the sugar plum fairy. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I'll I'll drop a clip of that in. Yes. Today I am here, sitting in front of a Schiedmeier Celesta, which here in America is an incredibly rare instrument. Um, so I figured that since I have the very rare opportunity to play this awesome instrument, I figured I would play arguably the most famous piece that was ever written for Celesta, which is Tchaikovsky's Dance of the Sugar Plum Fairy, which is from the Nutcracker Suite. Um, I made my sister furious one day. We were talking about because my sister played, you know, she played cello, she played the oboe. She is very musical too. That's not the field she went into, but she's very musical. And she was saying something about how both, uh, you know, my daughter and her two daughters that they have a toy piano. We were talking about, I don't know, she brought out the toy piano, and I'm like, don't you mean the celeste? She's like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> so then I just went on this whole thing. You know, it's essentially. A glockenspiel, and to back up even further, people mislabel glockenspiels as xylophones, so that's a whole other thing. Mm-hmm. Um, xylophones have wooden bars, wood mm-hmm. people. <laughs> if it has metal bars, it's a glockenspiel, or orchestra bells, but I mean, bells can mean any number of things. Sleigh bells, hand bells, church bells, tubular bells. Glockenspiel mm-hmm. specifically means that thing that people call a xylophone. 
Uh, and it's basically a very large glockenspiel inside of a piano-type piece of furniture, for lack of a better term. And when you play the keys, the piano-type keys, a hammer strikes the bars of the glockenspiel. So usually you play a glockenspiel with mallets. You might have two mallets. If you're really good, you might have two in each hand to play big chords. But uh, you've got ten fingers, so you can play like these crazy, more uh, elaborate things and bigger chords with your hands using a piano keyboard to play a giant glockenspiel in this thing called a celeste. So <laughs> a toy piano is actually a celeste, but if it's a little rinky-dinky toy, you know, if it actually is a toy and sold as a toy, call it a toy piano. Fine. You mm-hmm. know, I was just giving my sister shit. <laughs> yeah. Fair. So, um, uh, were, were we supposed to not get any, on any tangents? I... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good luck with that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Whoops. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I love the toy piano, honestly, whether mm. you're going to call it a, you know, I don't think Linnell has a, you know, a big ass chillest that weighs like 200 pounds or something. Uh, it probably is a little toy piano. Uh, I do like the sound. And uh, like Gerwin Kramer and I and some other folks uh, collaborated on uh, that track that's up on the this might be a podcast.bandcamp.com. Uh, the we're, we're calling the quote unquote band um, your kind of kitten. Talk about okay. deep cut from miscellaneous tea. Uh, and we did um, we did uh, oh yeah this is only going to go one way. Talking about a newer deep cut. We have another song in the works. Still very early stages, though. But he played, German Kramer played the toy piano on that track, and it sounded awesome. And it's a very, they might be giancy because uh, mm-hmm. Linnell has thrown it on some other tracks as well. Yeah. Uh, it also has accordion in this track, and mm-hmm. any track with accordion, I'm all about it. Very prominent. And one of the things I really like about this song, uh, arrangement-wise, is... Um, and yeah, let's let's be honest. It, it, in some ways, it's a bit of a childlike song. It, it just is, and, oh, in yeah. a good way. In a good way. I, I like this song very much. Um, but one of the things I like about it, which sort of like a, a young person's guide to the orchestra, it introduces each instrument on its own. You don't have more than one instrument or elements coming in at the same time. Uh, That's even true. That, even that sort of yeah. bass tuba comes in just before the vocals. So there is no actual sort of one single beat where a new instrument or a new musical element is being introduced. Yeah. Oh, good catch there. Yeah. Yeah, apparently that tuba is a tuba sample. Mm. You know, there's no tuba listed on the credits. Well, as recalled by John Flansberg is what the trivia says, that uh, he seems to remember that it was just a tuba sample. So yeah. that seems to seems to make sense. Doesn't sound like a human playing a tuba, at least not to me. So John Linnell does everything on this track. Flansburg's not even on it, but mm. he was there. He knew that it was a tuba sample. Maybe he found the sample that they then used on a MIDI keyboard or something. I don't know. Um, John, yeah, Linnell does the accordion, the toy piano, the programming, the drum machine, and the uh, lead vocal, which is mm. pitched all the way the fuck up there. Oh, is that pitch? I just assumed that was like super high falsetto. You know, it's possible, but something about the way it sounds like so chipmunky. Yeah, I saw, you know? it's, it's yes. <laughs> uh, Maybe yeah. you're being facetious, but I could sing that high if you wanted me to. Uh, um, I, 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 I probably could as well, but it involve a lot of painful squeezing to get that high. Um, <laughs> painful squeezing. <laughs> it would um, require a football to the groin. Exactly. 
so yeah so as i say it's all done by john Linnell, and i can't think yeah. of with the exception of i guess like um didn't kill me or some of the acapella songs any songs where right. it, it is just one john and no one else i know there's a few songs where only one of the johns are on it but normally the rest of the band are on it too and i can't right. think many other songs where it's literally especially like in the post band era where it's just the one person yeah yeah i believe uh your own worst enemy might be like that i'd have to double check mm. um but yeah it's uh it's rare and i keep coming across them with this you know delving into specific songs so deeply I'm like wait a second Linnell isn't on this song what the hell you know like weird weird stuff but uh, as I've talked about with other people, the the way they arrange and you're you're you know you've had enough musical training to know what makes a good arrangement and like you said, how it stacks the things that come in, they know what makes a good arrangement. Flansburg was probably like, well, I could put guitar on it, but you know, it sounds good like that. Mm. So he didn't, you know, you know he was there and he's like, hey, that's a good song, uh, forty eight seconds, that's plenty. Here's a tuba sample. Uh, I'm just going to lay out of this one. Doesn't need any backup vocals. Yeah. Doesn't need any guitar. Yeah. 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 I'm checking on your own worst enemy real quick to see if I'm right about that. I'm probably not going to be right about that. Well, let's see. Credits. Your own worst enemy. The cello is Garo Yellen. But other than that, it is all John Linnell and there is no Flansburg. So I was correct. <laughs> but I love that song. It's like recalling back to the duo era. So, should we talk about the lyrics? Yeah, sure. Let's talk about the lyrics. So, okay. So, hold on. Where's my phone? I'm going to start a timer. Okay. There it is. Okay. So, put out a little contest to Twitter to see um, people to guess prices right rules. So, how long we would talk about the lyrics in this episode. Now, this episode is already fucking an hour long. Um, the song's 48 seconds. I think we're trying to tie Averin for talking about the song Sleep for 90 minutes. We're creeping up on that. Uh, so I'm saying if people were trying to guess how many minutes we'd talk about lyrics. So mm -hmm. ready? I'm going to start the timer right now. Okay. Three, two, one. Lyrics discussion is beginning now. So oh. what, what are, you pick the song. Mm -hmm. What do you make of the... Uh, the lyrics sure so um well here's the thing you know i love fantastic lyrics and music and i'm not just saying that to be facetious because the song i actually do you know uh, my favorite musicians yeah. growing up were like leonard cohen cat stevens and the only musical Ooh, artist stevens. the only musical artist which is actually more beloved to me than the might be giants is paul simon and his lyrics were just ah. absolutely beautiful uh so, you know, being such a, a sort of a lyrical aficionado, in fact, I wrote in sort of really analysing the lyrics of uh, I'll Be Haunting You. I love lyrics and delving into them. So, uh, obviously, OE yeah. is a natural fit for me, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I don't even know where to begin with this. I just love how, you know, I, I had kind of forgotten, like I just said, I just ordered a physical copy of this, and I had kind mm -hmm. of forgotten... I'm like, I know this was just like a playful little song, but I could have sworn there was like an actual like verse of words in it. And then I go and listen to it. And what, what's funny is that there's a YouTube video mm -hmm. uh, for the song that Particle Man put up. And it's actually, let's see, how, the ha how do they have it listed on YouTube? It says, um, it's labeled as, they might be giants, oh, we preview video. 
Mm-hmm. So I go, <laughs> I go looking for the song. I'm like, let me listen to this. It's been a while. Preview video. Oh, this must just be a snippet. Nope, that's the whole song. <laughs> and I'm like, there are no verses, or it's only a verse, or it's only a chorus. I would say it's only a chorus, and the chorus is oh, ee, oh, ee, oh, ee. <laughs> I, I, would, I would disagree. I, I would disagree. I think there is a verse in the chorus because the second time round is shorter than the first time round. So that to me suggests a verse one and a mm. chorus one. Yeah. Yeah. Also, uh, if you look at the guitar tab, the chords change a lot more than uh, I thought they did. Uh, mm. To me, it kind of seemed like the song was just kind of cycling around and around. Um, and while the progressions do share some chords, it does a lot in 48 seconds. Uh, so on the wiki, it's listed as D major. Um, but yeah, and in D major, these different things, which is one of the things I like about it. Um, uh, the fact yeah. that it's so complex for such a small song, musically speaking. Um, but I think lyrically, yep. it's just because I'm conscious we got uh, some. Com- uh, yeah, I shouldn't be talking about the chord progression, right? The uh, lyrics, the OEs. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, so two things about that. One, um, first one is I think it demonstrates basically the voice is an instrument, and it's really stripping that back down where there is no necessary meaning to get from the lyrics. It's just the lyrics exist to showcase the voice's instrument. Sure. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But and this is another thing I talked uh, about with Daryl Till. Sorry, you can continue. Uh, no, no, no. So, uh, um, okay, uh, I will then. <laughs> um, did you click on the interpretations tab on the wiki? I have not yet. Should I? Uh, just the f- firstly, the fact that there are interpretations at all is kind of amazing, right? Yeah, right. Um, but the first one points out to this Finnish song. And I clicked the link on YouTube, and um, there is a section where the whole vibe is similar to OE, and then if you go to 1 minute 40 on the YouTube video, which is linked there, um, they do sing Ui 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 in this Finnish song. And the person coming up to the subject What the fuck? Was the lyrics, in fact, a reference to this Finnish song? So, yeah. Hold on a second. Okay. I'm going to be dropping this in. I need to listen to it. God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my mind has been blown. Yeah. What the hell? Yeah. John Linnell, what are you trying to pull? <laughs> he's a Finnish Wow. He's a Finnish spy secretly converting America to be uh Finnish allies in their fight against the Russians. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Um well in that same vein, have you looked at the comments on the YouTube videos? Uh no, I have not. First, I want to give a shout out to Seymour Schmidt, who uh, I love when I see people's names pop up that I interact with on Twitter or something, and then I look and they've posted something somewhere else like years ago. Well, in this case, Seymour, who is going to be on a couple of upcoming Patreon episodes eight months ago, said, what a very good song, smiley face. And and then another person just posted, oh, we, oh, we. <laughs> another person posted, good and uh okay hold on this is the one that looks like the album art 
I was meaning to look at the one that is the time-lapse Linnell footage. On that one in the comments, we've got some gold here. Two people actually say the same thing. One person says, Is it just a massive coincidence, or is this inspired by that song from Arthur from the episode Binky Rules? They even both have accordion in them. Right. And then... Wait, can, can I just pause you there? Did you check that out too? No, I didn't, but... Was that? That- that finished song, if you look in the comments on the YouTube video of that finished song, they're all saying, this is that song from Arthur. It's a circle. <laughs> Time is a flat circle. Matthew McConaughey was right. Uh, fuck. Yeah, and then someone else on the, on the video also says, independently of that, where is it? So that was seven years ago. Jerry Terry said that. Uh, Gavin said, WTF is this song. What the fuck is this song? And then someone else said, where is it? Yeah, I can see it here. Uh, it's, um, it's reminds me of that one episode of Arthur. Yeah. Pissama Jibdo dude eight years ago. Yeah, before Jerry Terry. Reminds me of that one episode of Arthur. So I'm going to try to find that song too. If there's one thing everyone's talking about, it's Binky. Hi. Not that Binky. This Binky. Their song went straight to number one in two hours. For the 47th time today, Binky! And in the whatever happened to category, Crazy Bus! We can't get enough of Binky! No, not that Binky! There's all the Binky stuff? Binky shirts, Binky hats, not to mention the very popular Binky bread maker. Mmm, Binky bread. And going on sale tomorrow, Binky tickets for a Binky concert. Binky Binky concert? concert? Yeah! Let's just say that the lyrics are very uh, complex. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's just the charade (laughs) we're putting out at this point. But what about the second interpretation? What do you think of that? Uh, oh, about um, the excitement of youth. The excitement of youth. Yes. Yeah, I mean, you could say that. I mean, the fact that the vocals are clearly pitch shifted to be childlike. You know, and uh-huh. when I first heard the song, I assumed it was kids singing on it. Um, right. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, to me, when I yeah. first went back and listened to it, I was like looking at the trivia, almost expecting it to be like, this was not a join us leftover, but this was like one of the kids' songs. B sides, hmm. kid album B sides, or something like an intro track to, I don't know wh- which one it would have fit onto, but you know, I mean, oh, they, it doesn't fit the here come science. It's just a bunch of gibberish, <laughs> so got cut off. I don't know. Oh we yo we yo we. Uh, so I love how one last thing I want to say about the lyrics is that I love how people who transcribe the lyrics on the wiki page make certain that even the nonsense lyrics. Are exactly typed out the amount of times that they need that they should be. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, do you have anything else to say about the lyrics before we end this competition? No, I think I have delved into the lyrics for about as much as I'm going to be able to. Okay, so then the lyrics section has officially ended at eight minutes and forty seconds. So I'm going to round that up. Uh, someone was asking about minutes and seconds. I'm going to round that up to nine minutes. So nine minutes. 
Uh, let me look at my Twitter mentions. I'll, I'll go ahead. You know, even though this episode won't air for a few weeks, I feel like I should give away the T-shirt now. But I'll mention the person on this episode for when it does come out. Let's see. John Leonard said 27 minutes. People had more faith in us. They, they, they. This episode is plenty long, but going for 27 minutes about those lyrics, that would be something else. Here we got uh, Sean uh, Monaghan said four minutes and 26.5 seconds. Very <laughs> so that was a little low. So it's Price is Right rule. So John is out. Uh, Sean is still in. Let's see. Susie Van Kenobi, I'm sure that's her real name, says eight minutes. Okay. So we've got, that's the closest so far. Uh, Bluefoot Mojo Chessmaster oh, said, uh, one sec. My, my, um, I believe that's um, Orville. Just, just just to let you know, my weird sound recording stopped. So I've just restarted it now. So I've got an hour 13. So oh, really, okay. it might be a little bit missed there. But anyway, carry on. Okay. I'll, fig- I'll figure it out. Yeah. Uh, so Bluefoot said four minutes. Okay, so too low. Uh, Belinda from Australia, Belinda Van Helden, who just subscribed to the Patreon. Thank you, Belinda. I love you. She was on the Australia tour episode a year ago, said 76 minutes. <laughs> so she's out. Wow. Um, so uh, <laughs> Seymour, uh, who I just mentioned was in the comments, said 37 minutes. And then the man with many names chimed in and said, just to give Seymour some friendly competition, I'll bet 36 minutes in true Price is Right fashion to leave Seymour with only one minute of error. (laughs) (laughs) Then they might be Coranda, another Australian fan of the pod, said, uh, was trying to calculate it. 43 words, counting the O's and the we's, I guess. 43 words at maybe 10 seconds each. I'll say seven minutes and 10 seconds. (laughs) Not far Very close. Very close. And then 2020 is the 22nd century at Sirius Sanchez said 11 minutes. So that's over. So scrolling through these, the winner is Susie Van Kenobi with eight minutes, only 40 seconds under what it actually was. Or if I round up to nine minutes, only one minute under. So nice job, Susie. I'll uh, be hitting you up about uh, sending you a, this might be a podcast t-shirt. Look at that. So, so did you say, I didn't did, find any covers. Did you say you're going to tweet out What's the results that? of the competition? I think I just, you know, just while it's fresh, yeah. I'm not yeah, going to no, wait actually, a month and be like, oh, yeah, remember that thing? Because yeah, I like that idea right? of people now going to have to just wait weeks to find out how we managed to go eight minutes, 40 seconds discussing the lyrics. Yes. So, yeah, I won't. They won't get to hear it yet. They won't know how we went that mm-hmm. long or that short. Some of them thought we'd go way long. Uh <laughs> You guys only talked for eight minutes and 40 seconds. Um, yeah, so they'll have to wait on that. But Susie, you've won. And you already know that because this is a month into the future. Hopefully you've already gotten your shirt. Um, her Twitter does not say where she is at. So I'll have to figure that out. Um, hopefully not like Antarctica because postage would probably be a lot. So, uh, So I did not find any covers. Did you? No. Surprisingly... It wasn't or didn't seem that high on the list of priorities for TMB TMBG songs for people to cover, which shocked me as I'm sure it right, you. But, but look what I've got here, just sitting right next to me. They call this an electric guitar, and since this song has no electric guitar in it, I'm going to attempt a guitar cover live on air. Are you prepared? I am very excited to hear this. Would you like to do a duet and you sing the toy piano part? 
Uh, I can uh, I can give it a go depending how how, <laughs> how well this works with in terms of any lag. It's worth a shot. I think the uh, the delay on the call may may screw us in the end. But yeah. uh, hold on, I need to take my headphones off so I can. I'm gonna fire up my amp. <laughs> okay. Well, been on standby because I was already planning on bringing this on you. Speaking of Dinosaur Junior, I got my Squire Jazzmaster J Mascus of Dinosaur Junior signature model. Nice. With the super, super whammy. Let's see. Okay. Let's see. All right, let's see. So, I've even got a microphone up to the amp. I was prepared. Excellent. Now I've just armed a track for guitar. So I'm recording two tracks here live. I've got a mic on the guitar. Let me check that level. Yeah, it looks fine. And then I've got my vocal mic here that I've been talking into the whole time. And I'll probably add some reverb in post just to make it sound not as shitty. Because this is going to be bad. Nice. You know how many times <laughs> I practice this? How many? Once? Twice? Uh, like, ha like half a time. Nice. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be the only cover, so it's automatically the best one. Yeah. You know? And, and ultimately... I mean, honestly, the these chords... <laughs> These chords go quick, and what I discovered is that this song sounds a lot like a Bruce Springsteen or John Mellencamp song when you put ah, the guitar to the rhythm. Okay, now I, actually, I think I should hit some distortion. Let's see. Let's do. Okay. Just a little bit of grit on there. All right. So, this is going to get all kinds of fucked up, but are you ready to sing the toy piano? I am. I'm just going to point out, just before I sign that, Don't be afraid. whilst I can play yes. like a bunch of instruments, I'm not a great singer when it comes, so I'm probably going to be out of tone, but I'm going to give it my best anyway, because that's the punk spirit. I was trying to couldn't sing for shit. Look what he did. Yeah, don't matter, baby. All right, so... That's going on the band camp in the miscellaneous trash album. Yeah. Okay. So unplug that thing. All right. So there's now a cover of this song. Aren't you proud to be on it? So much so. Like, like I was saying to you on uh, Facebook earlier, I had planned to try and do an arrangement for my band, and I yeah. didn't get myself together in time before we had to stop doing band practice before our violinist couldn't practice anymore. Cause sure. Being about to have a kid and like, five days or something so uh jesus yeah, yeah hey plug your band what's the name of your band tell yeah. us about it so yeah my band is uh with Bubba and the kishkas 
Uh, and as the name suggests, we're in fact a klezmer band. So uh, you know, nice. If you're looking, if you live in Northwest London and you're looking for someone to fix to you know to help scratch your nineteenth uh, hundreds Eastern European Jewish yeah. music fix, then you know hit us up. We're right. Yeah, we're yeah. We're, if you're looking to have a traditional bar mitzvah exactly. instead of the DJ, exactly. Yeah, hell we're, yeah. We're actually playing a, a friend's wedding in August, so that'll be fun. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I played in an accordion ensemble. I've mentioned that a couple of times, mm-hmm. at least when I was living in Bloomington, and we played a couple um, <clears throat> uh, at the more uh, Jewish senior citizen homes. We did some uh, Hanukkah parties because mm-hmm. on five accordions, you can kick ass on some of that stuff, man. Absolutely. It's good. Absolutely. I'm not, yeah. I'm not, Hell yeah. I'm trying to learn the accordion for the band. Well. I was. Um, so it used to be a four-piece where I was on piano, and then there was a guitar, and then violin and clarinet. Um, yeah. Pianos aren't, like, exactly the most mobile of instruments to, like, take with you for, like, busking on the street or whatever. So um, no. I, I, I found yeah. a, uh, an accordion, not a cheap accordion necessarily, but it was, like, a refurbished one. So it was, sort of, it was relatively sure. cheap. So um, I bought that and sort of, sort of started to teach myself that. And then our guitarist uh, moved to South America because his girlfriend's Chilean, so he moved out there uh, to wow. Santiago. Wow. Um, and we continued to, uh, with me on piano, but it's, we were really missing that percussive element, which you just, you know, a pick on steel strings is going to have, add a bit of percussive, sure. um, you know, just add something to it. So I switched from piano to, to guitar, and since then I've not really given my accordion as much attention as it deserves. Uh, ah, sure, yeah. sure. I'll get back onto it at some point. Yeah, cool. Is yeah. Is there a track we should drop in here for people to hear? Some Ooh. of your Klezmer stylings? Do you have recordings? Uh, we or have videos that I could steal live, audio from? There is a live video for us when we played at a synagogue for a fundraiser last year on our Facebook page. Nice. So, um, Okay. I'll so I'll drop that in. What What is the song? Um, I can't remember which one is on the... Uh, I, you know what? Let me go play it now and I can tell you which song it was because uh, I cannot remember. Here's some Klezmer song by Curse Band. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it'll be a cover of some, you know, 180 years. Well, sure, a song. traditional, right? Let's see. I imagine you're doing mostly traditional stuff. I mean, that's the... Hey, genre. That is... Um, that is this little-known track called Hava Nagila. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Tans Tans which means... Dance, dance, juice. Oh, wow. <laughs> cool. Um, nice. Yeah. Dance. Damn it. Exactly. Cool.
my if my wife gets home and finds out that I've been recording an episode about a 48 second song for 90 minutes, she's gonna kill me. But it's already to that point. Let's score the song. What do you say? You mentioned the sleep episode, and I'll take my inspiration from scoring for something you said there, which is you said you didn't want to punish the song for being too short. If ah, it's a good song. I don't even remember saying that. Oh, there, yeah, that's a long time ago. There you go. So, um, yeah, the lyrics don't really exist. They're just there to sort of add, a, I guess, a voice texture into the song. But it's such a happy yeah. song. I, I can't not listen it to is. it and smile. Um and it's joyful. It's it's you know musically complex. We didn't really get into the theories of the chords, but we're going way too long for that now. Um, but it's let's just say it has both A minors and A major chords. Yeah, so you know. so the it does a lot of stuff in a short time. Yeah. Yeah. So the fact is, it's 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 harmonically quite complex. It has that nice layering of the instruments with everything all together. Um, saying that, like ten for me is till my head falls off. So I'm going to rank it. Okay. Around, I think, 7.4 feels about right for me. Okay. Seems fair, yeah. Okay, so my scoring, I mean, like I said, I'd kind of... I mean, when you picked the song, which was quite a while ago, right? I was <laughs> like, what is this dude picking this song? This is like, <laughs> they might be giant shitposting themselves. This is like, yeah. this is like, hey guys, here's the song. But I guess, <laughs> just kidding, that was kind of only kind of a song. But like you said, you quoted me on the sleep episode. I'm not going to punish it for being short. And hell, they've got, you know, someone just brought up the th- the song there off of Nanobots as one <laughs> they didn't like off Nanobots. There, <laughs> right between two countries. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's a song. That's a song. Yeah. Please pass the milk, please, is a song. This is 48 seconds. This is downright epic compared to those two. <laughs> so... I can't, yeah, I can't fault it for for its short length, but I will also say that I had kind of forgotten about it. I didn't own a hard copy of this version until whichever this, whenever it arrives in the mail for me um, from this Discogs person. Um, and to me, when I would stream it, it's kind of just like a funny little intro going into authenticity trip, which I can't seem to say, apparently. Authenticity trip. So... It's a nice little kicker. It kicks off the uh, album to put in in uh, some football terms. Uh, <laughs> really kicks off the album, and <laughs> but I think it's kind. Of, I mean, I wouldn't say it's a throwaway. If it were short and had lyrics that were as good as Sleep, that would be a different story. But mm. this is basically an instrumental track where it's just like the voices is one of the instruments, right? Mm-hmm. So short, instrumental. I'm. I'm gonna give it a five point two. Sorry, oh wow. me. Yeah, I like you. I like you enough to cover you. I mean, you're still getting a D. It's not an F. Yeah, well, actually, no, it is an F. Oh. Whoops. Because <laughs> well, we can't use report card grades. Well, this is music it, journalism grades. Hey, in British university terms, that's a two two. You know, that's that's second. That's still second class honors. You know, it's better than third class honors. It's better than a fail. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't give it a one. I didn't give it a point two. I gave it a five point two. So there you go. There you go. Oh, we. So, uh, do you want people to find you on the social medias? Sure. Um, Twitter. I don't use that often, but I'm at Gore Samuel. That's a G-U-R-S-A-M-U-E-L because Gore isn't a real name, so I wouldn't blame you if you didn't know how to spell it. Um, same tw- same handle for Instagram. <laughs> isn't a real name. <laughs> oh, it's, 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 it's the wait, word. It, wait. It's, it's the word rug backwards. So what is, is it? So it's a, how did, okay, explain. Right. What's your birth name, I, Mofo? That, that is my birth name. 
It is, in fact, a Hebrew name. Are you for real? It is a Hebrew oh, name. Oh, okay. And it means cub or puppy. Well, does it mean? Um, oh, yeah, I know. little which guy. Is, which, which is great when I end up being six foot three, you know. It's not ironic at all. <laughs> <laughs> that is pretty great. It's like calling a little poodle Spike. Yeah, exactly. Right? So, <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah. yeah. So, so on yeah. Facebook, you you, Facebook, you invite people to friend you on there? Sure, absolutely. Uh, you'll probably come across me being sarcastic or just generally sort of surreal in, in they might be shit posting, which is where I mostly hang out. Yeah. I, I occasionally will be in this tea, but it's like too earnest there. You've got to be serious about how much you love it. It might be true. So I'd much rather <laughs> like, earnest. I'd much rather like, you know, post the entire track list of albums and just change a word and every title to the word beef instead. Yeah, oh, that was that was a good one. I remember that one. That was a good yeah. one. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's more my sort of speed. Of o, my o beef. Yeah. O beef. O beef. O beef. O beef. O beef. Let's wrap uh, this up. Um, this is too yeah. long. We're gonna. Yeah, we should have done that for the cover. Uh, I'll dub it in later. Uh, uh, yeah, but yeah, so yeah. Follow me man, there. That and was uh, like my band yeah. as well, Bubba and the Kishkas. So yeah, give us a like on Facebook. There you go. Sweet. So thanks so much for finally being on a proper episode. I mean, the Mink Car ones are great, and we've got a lot of new Patreon subscribers. Uh, mm-hmm. Nine new subscribers just in 2020, oh. which we're only a month in. We're in the mm-hmm. second month. And those people all go, I hope they make their way through that extra content. They're paying for it. So go listen to the Mink Car episode one and two, the great debate about does Mink Car rule or suck, and we determined that it does rule. <laughs> did we really that's what the vote came down to the vote the poll after the episode came down like five to three that it was a good album so Um, now that we have more patrons they should go and vote i'll have to open the poll up again there we go oh i'm down for that yeah all right man thanks again i'm gonna let you go my wife's coming back from tennis and she's gonna be like how the fuck are you still talking about that song oh yeah it's it's 20 past two in the morning uh Jesus Christ, man. I'm so sorry. <laughs> sorry, mate. I completely just lost track of time. It's been too much fun. That was its problem. That was fun. Go to bed, young pup. <laughs> Younger. <laughs> All right, man. I'll talk to you later. <laughs> All right. If you'd like to reach This Might Be a Podcast, you can email me, This Might Be a Pod at Gmail. We're on Twitter at This Might Be a Pod. Facebook.com slash This Might Be a Podcast. Uh, I've got this might be a podcast.com that I need to update more. I'm always lazy about that. But uh, And you can also leave me voicemails at 224-801-2930. Uh, and uh, head to the Patreon if you'd like. Patreon.com slash this might be a podcast. All right. We will see you all later. Later.